Welcome to another great week here on Rit David Podcast. We are glad that you have chosen to join us as Pastor Tim shares a message from Luke chapter 12, verses 1 through 12, entitled, You Might Be a Hypocrite. To mention the name Jeff Foxworthy makes many people automatically think of his You Might Be a Redneck jokes. The deeper he digs, however, some of those jokes aren't funny because they reflect my life a little too much. This opening passage in Luke 12 could be a takeoff on a series of You Might Be a Hypocrite lines, but they're not funny. It's because of the same reason. They reflect my life a little too much. Here's Pastor Tim. So if you know the name Jeff Foxworthy, then you know immediately, probably think about you, you might be a redneck jokes. I'm so tempted at this point, by the way. <laughs> but now if Jeff Foxworthy had had a gig maybe at the Capernaum Comedy Club in the first century, uh, his act might have been a little bit different. He might have had some, you might be a hypocrite jokes. Uh, goes maybe something like this. Now let me see if I can do it. If you care, <laughs> I just can't. If you care more about how people dress than what's in their heart, you might be a hypocrite. That's not funny, is it? Try this one. If you focus on your preferences more than on God Himself, you might be a hypocrite. If you're hiding a secret sin behind the mask of spirituality, you might be a hypocrite. Well, if Jeff Foxworthy is trying to do that in the first century, one thing's for sure, he's not getting back, invited back to the comedy club. You know, it's not funny, is it? It wasn't funny then, and it's not funny today. In fact, what Jesus begins to talk about here in Luke chapter number 12 is hypocrisy. And it's really not a laughing matter, and yet at the same time, we have created jokes about being a hypocrite. We laugh about being backslidden. We, we laugh and say that these times are simply going to pass, and they just are not. Jeff Foxworthy, in an interview, said that the best jokes that he writes are not jokes that he just makes up. They're jokes that come out of real life. For example, his classic joke about um, if you have a complete set of salad bowls and they all say Cool Whip on the side, <laughs> you might be a redneck. He said, that's his sister. He didn't make that up. He said, that's his sister going to her house. She serves everything out of Cool Whip bowls. And there's probably a bunch of us that are going, okay, and so what's wrong with that, right? He said he knows that he has hit the mark in one of his shows when he begins to see people in the audience pointing at one another, you know? And that's what we do at church, right? In a whole different kind of vein with a, with a whole different consequence, we say things like, boy, I wish so-and-so would have been here today. Tim would have told them if they'd been here today, you know. Oh, I know. I know who he's talking about. And they say, yeah, he's talking about you. <laughs> you know, we, we see our fingers pointing at somebody else, but in reality, we know deep down in our heart 
that oftentimes those fingers really are pointing right back at us. Jesus doesn't make a joke about this, and yet if we were to try to put what he says here in these opening verses of Luke chapter 12 together in a foxworthy kind of way, we would come up with at least these four statements today. Number one, if you keep secrets from Jesus, you might be a hypocrite. Now, I say if you keep secrets, but the reality is, is that you can only try to keep secrets. You can't keep anything secret from the Lord. He knows everything. He is omniscient. The Bible says that He knows the hearts of all men, all women, all boys, all girls. He knows what you think. He knows what you do. He hears what you say. There's nothing that ever bypasses Him. There's nothing ever that you can slide by Him. He simply knows. Look as this passage begins. It says in verse number 1 of Luke chapter number 12, In the meantime, when an innumerable multitude of people had gathered together so that they trampled one another. Let me stop there for just a moment. Just give you a little picture of context that's here. This is the height, not just really of Jesus' ministry. I, I would come to a point of saying that the height of his ministry really hasn't come until the cross. I mean, that's what he's there for, right? But the height of earthly success is found here in verse number one. There are multitudes of people. How many people are there? You know, there's one point where he says that there was a crowd of 5,000 that had gathered together, and another time when it's 4,000. And then, then there, there are some of those Bible writers who say, well, it's not just the 5,000, it says 5,000 men, so that's not even counting the women and the children. And so there are times when they can count up a humongous crowd. Well, this is bigger than that. This, this may be the best day of ticket sales that Jesus has ever had. It is so crowded that people are trampling one another to be able to get to him and get to hear him. You would think then that at the end of this message that Jesus is going to deliver to them, it's going to be the greatest revival, the greatest spiritual awakening that has ever taken place. If they are so interested in hearing what it is that Jesus has to say, and then Jesus is going to speak to them directly, man, they are in for a treat. You're here. It may not be innumerable. But somebody might have stepped on you coming in today. You came here because you wanted to hear God speak, right? You wanted to hear Him speak to you directly out of His Word. If that's the case then, if from all over this building, from one side to the other to the balcony, people have come together because they want to hear what God says to them, then you know what I'm expecting? I'm expecting the greatest revival and spiritual awakening that we have ever seen. That the Spirit of God would turn loose in this place and grab a hold of a heart here and a heart there and a heart everywhere. 
But what Jesus has to say to them is not what they came for. It's not what they expected. They expected a message on love. They expected a message on compassion. They expected a message on faith. They expected a message maybe on creation. Maybe on the other end of it, on the culmination of all things. And what they got was a message on hypocrisy. I want to point out one more thing to you in verse number one before we get into the message. Yeah, there's a big crowd there. There's a crowd there that's trampling one another to be able to see and to hear what's going on. And then the Bible says this. Jesus began to say to his disciples, first of all, he's not talking to simply the person who's never been around, the person who's not given his heart to Jesus in the first place, who's living a life of sinfulness just because that's who he is. He's talking to the people who had given their hearts to him, who were following them, who had already claimed that we are disciples, we are learners, we are followers of Jesus the Christ. And Jesus says this to them, Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Let me stop there for just a moment. Beware is an unusual word for Jesus. He doesn't use it a lot. It's in fact Luke only find, you know, Luke only records him using it three times, and two of them are right here in this very same chapter. For him to tell them to beware is to take warning. Is a serious warning. In fact, it's one of those words that Jesus will use to bring them to himself and say, I mean this. I mean, it's like, a, it's like a verily, verily that you find in the Bible. Beware. Watch out for the leaven of the Pharisees. It's hypocrisy. Now, you know good as I do, he's not, he's not having a cooking show. He ain't talking about leaven and yeast. He's using that as an example, isn't he? So to fact, figure out what he's really trying to say about bewaring of it, you've got to turn to verse number 2. In verse number 2, he says this, For there is nothing covered that will not be revealed, nor hidden that it will not be known. Therefore, whatever you have spoken in the dark will be heard in the light. And what you have spoken in the ear in the inner rooms will be proclaimed on the housetops. Leaven is not exactly the same thing as our yeast. You know, if we're just talking about yeast and we're just talking about adding that to bread, then we're just, we're, we're talking about something that, that, that rises, Right? And so maybe you just come out of that with a lesson of don't be puffed up. Don't, don't have pride. There's far more to this lesson than that. Their leaven that they would take, 
They would take it and put it into bread that's consistent already and place it inside of there, deep inside so that it's pocketed. So that it's, what word did Jesus use in verse number two? So that it is covered and that it is hidden. And that leaven does far more than rise the bread. It changes the fundamental nature of the bread. For them in their context, suddenly it's not matzah bread anymore. Now it's sourdough bread. When you try to keep secrets from Jesus, you try to live a secret life, you try to keep secret thoughts, you try to have secret conversations, it fundamentally changes who you are. You're not innocent anymore. Now there's guilt that resides. I'm not altruistic anymore. Now I'm seeking something for my own advantage. When the believer tries to hide things from Jesus, he's being a hypocrite. You see, a hypocrite is simply a pretender. He's a pretender. No wonder in the second century, the word for hypocrite became used of actors on the stage. They were playing a part. They were hiding behind a mask. And Jesus says for the believer who tries to live a secret life Monday through Saturday and come on Sunday and put on the mask of piousness, That person's playing hypocrisy. And he says it's just like the Pharisees. Man, wouldn't that be terrible? Wouldn't it be terrible to be standing there that day, being a part of that crowd that people are kind of pushing up against you, trampling on you, and you're the Pharisee. And you're hearing this, the very first thing, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. So he's saying, everything that the Pharisees are doing and trying to insert into their spiritual life, their spiritual walk, is creating somebody who is not genuine. Adding the rules, adding the regulations, adding the mandates. took it away from Christianity completely. Christianity is not about keeping a list of rules, of do's and don'ts. It's not about speaking a certain way or dressing a certain way or acting a certain way. It's about Jesus in your heart. It's about the Spirit of God living His life through you. And as long as you try to substitute that with anything that you can do, you're going to end up with empty religion and not a walk with Jesus. If you keep secrets from Jesus, you might be a hypocrite. 
Secondly, if you're scared wrongly, you might be a hypocrite. Now, I'm not saying if you're scared. Fear is a part of what God has given to us as an immediate reaction to, to keep us safe. Dwelling or living in fear is a whole nother matter though, isn't it? But if I'm simply scared of everything, <laughs> I, I couldn't help myself last night. Last night, Dean and I went to the movies. Wow, that's, I mean, that was really something. You know, we went to the movies to go see Life Mark, the Kendrick Brothers movie that was here, uh, which was pretty neat. I made her stay all the way to the end and uh, watch the credits because I wanted to see Britt David Baptist Church written right there in the credits. That's pretty cool. Um, so anyway, we're standing in line ready to get our tickets. And I took a picture of a person in front of me. Now, I know that's not cool to do, but I did it anyway. And then I, then I texted it to my children and said, What? So the back of her shirt said, um, oh shoot, what did it say now? Something like, yeah, never conform to society. And she was wearing a mask. <laughs> it just cracked me up, you know? There are people who are rightly timid about, about their situation and being around some other things that might hurt them. I understand that. But to live a life of fear is not that. And we have believers who, although they have missed the fear of God, still have an unhealthy fear of society of the future, it seems like of everything. Look at what Jesus says. Let's pick it up in verse number four. He says, I say to you, my friends, look, he's, <laughs> Jesus loves these people, doesn't he? These are his disciples, these are his followers who are about to step in a big fat trap. And so he says, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body and after that have no more that they can do. But I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who after he is killed has power to cast into hell. Yes, I say to you, fear him. If my fear is based on, let, let's put it back in their context, if my fear is based on the Pharisees of my day, trying to make me live a life that is hypocritical, and I'm afraid of that. I mean, listen, this is not written in 21st century, this is written in the 1st century. Today, church, even though maybe, what, 50 years ago? Church may have been a hub of a community. It's not that way anymore, is it? But it was then. The temple was everything. And if you're out of sorts with the Pharisees at the temple, you're out of sorts with the Pharisees through the whole town. They will make your life miserable. Miserable. Now, they're going to put pressure on you to conform to whatever it is that they want you to conform to. 
But you know what else they're going to do? If you don't, if you, if you don't go along with that, they're going to put pressure on your family. They're going to put pressure on your neighbors, on your friends, to try to make you conform to their standard of self-righteousness. Sometimes people today are afraid of those very same things. They're afraid of what somebody might say, not just to them at church, but what somebody might say about them at church. They're afraid of saying the wrong thing, doing the wrong thing, acting the wrong way. Now realizing that this is supposed to be a house of love and a house of grace. A house of mercy and a house genuinely of acceptance. Don't fear people or systems that the very worst thing that they can do is simply take your life. That's not the worst thing. God has power beyond this life. So on a on a on a flip side, on a, on a flip of the coin kind of way of saying, not only am I not supposed to be afraid of the people and systems of this world, but to fear the Lord healthily. I don't have to seek to please the people of this world or the systems of this world. I seek to please the one who paid his life for me. It's an audience of one. An audience of one. If Jesus is pleased that it does not matter what anybody else thinks or says, it can get rough. But who matters most? Join us tomorrow as Pastor Tim continues his message from Luke chapter 12, verses 1 through 12, entitled, You Might Be a Hypocrite. Pastor Tim would love to connect and share with you about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and how you can know that you know that Jesus is your Savior and Lord. That address is churchoffice at writdavid.org. We are located at 2801 West Rit David Road, Columbus, Georgia, 31909. Thanks again for joining us here on Rit David Podcast.